This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Okay, we need to help the uh, family of Jeffrey Merriweather. He uh, died in 2019. His body was shipped from Atlanta to a special trauma lab in St. Louis. Except now the body has been missing in transit for over three years. Uh, We believe the last known location was Austell, Georgia. Now the family (laughs) has called the situation a nightmare you can't wake up from. Both FedEx and the Fulton County Medical Examiner's Office, who sent the body through the mail, cannot provide clear answers on uh, Meriwether's whereabouts. Oh, okay. I mean, his body was found partially decomposed in 2019 in Atlanta, prompting the medical examiner to ship a special ship the body to a special trauma lab in St. Louis. However, it never arrived, and we are still looking for it. Well, the reason we know about it now is that the Atlanta Journal-Constitution published a story about Meriwether on Twitter and tagged the company in the post. FedEx (laughs) responded with their bot Twitter response, this is not the experience we want to provide. I am very sorry for the pending delivery. Please send a direct message. I would be happy to assist. (laughs) That's since been deleted. So if you have any idea where Jeffrey Merriweather's remains are, you know, help them out. <laughs> Send tweet FedEx, tweet the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, however you want to help, that's fine. Um, they're trying to find out uh, what happened to him. Apparently, uh, you know, there has been no real rush to try to find them. I don't know that that's true. Uh, according to the company's user manual, human remains are forbidden from being posted using FedEx. The U.S. Postal Service offers to courier them, but only under strict guidelines. So usually, uh, trans- remains are transported across state lines using an airplane. It's unclear what form of transportation Meriwether's remains were moved by. So if you have any idea, uh, any idea where Meriwether's remains are, help them out. I mean, they claim shipments of this nature are prohibited within the FedEx network. Oh, okay. Uh, They claim that their thoughts and concerns remain with the family of Mr. Meriwether. I'm sure that uh, it is. Uh, We request that further questions be directed to the Fulton County Medical Examiner's Office. Yeah, they have. And the medical examiner office has said, yeah, we mailed the body through FedEx. (laughs) (laughs) so still missing if you can help them out help them out if you received a package from atlanta georgia and the uh, medical examiner's office and you didn't know what it was and you still have it sitting in your garage it's jeffrey merriweather so give him a call and help him out and let him know hey i've got him in my garage i didn't know what it was And uh, it's here for you if you want to stop by and pick it up. That would be very nice of you. Welcome. 
I do not have it. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. What is happening in the world of disabilities? I know, Uber uh, just settled a disability lawsuit. They're going to pay more than $2 million as part of a settlement with the Department of Justice, which accused the company of charging a wait time fee to passengers with disabilities. Yeah, they were taking too long to get to the vehicles. So we're going to charge you more. They're going to pay $1.7 million to riders who lodged complaints uh, and 500000 to other impacted riders. The, and credit the more than 65,000 eligible passengers who were handed a fee with double the amount they were charged. That was nice of them. That was nice of them. Hey, sorry you're disabled, but hurry the hell up, would you? <laughs> so at least they have to come up with a little something to help people out. And maybe it's changed their way of doing a little bit of business as they're picking up riders around the country and the world, really. Then we have Hobby Lobby, who is uh, being sued now because uh, an employee had a service dog and they were like, no, you cannot bring that to work. So Hobby Lobby is accused of violating federal law after firing a Kansas employee who wanted to bring her service animal to work. They're facing this lawsuit uh, with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, and it failed to settle with the employee. The part-time employee, referred to as SC, suffers from PTSD, anxiety, and depression. When she began working for the retailer, she didn't own a service animal, but officially requested accommodations for one in September of 2020. After meeting with Human Resources to discuss the details, stores, it was concerned that a co-worker or a customer might be allergic to or trip over the dog. The dog might break something, so it could be a problem. Um, they claim here, obviously, the EEOC service animals assist people with many types of disabilities, from vision and mobility impairments to seizure disorders and mental health conditions, to live and work independently. Employers must not reject service animals or any other reasonable accommodation based on stereotypes or assumptions regarding the safety or effectiveness of the accommodation. After her request was denied, she took a week off from work to finish her service dog training. Then she returned with the dog and a renewed request for accommodations. Her manager said, go home. Ultimately, she was fired for job abandonment. The EEOC is seeking back pay, punitive damages, reinstatement of the terminated employee. Hobby Lobby, of course, has not responded to the request at the time of this story. So, incredible times at Hobby Lobby. And it does surprise me that they didn't just say, yeah, bring your stupid dog in. I mean, bring your helper dog, your service dog with you, fine. Just make sure you put the stuff on the shelf, okay? Or if you're, you know, a cashier... Have the service dog next to you as you're checking people out. Sure, whatever, that's fine. I'm surprised they didn't do that. And now they're paying for it. Because it doesn't seem to make much sense. I mean, it's a service dog. They're well trained. And it's just, you know, put the sign on the back. Leave him alone. Don't touch him. Don't talk to him. He's my service dog. Back off. All right. Here's what you owe at the cash register. Thanks for shopping at Hobby Lobby. Oh, and uh, congratulations or good news for the Colbert Nine. 
you know, the nine that were arrested in an unauthorized area of the U.S. Capitol building in June. Yeah, they were supposed to go to court tomorrow, uh, you know, and face the judge. No, don't have to worry about it. Okay, the charges have been dropped. Yeah, hey, there's nothing. I mean, what are you going to do? They're just wandering around the Capitol building without any, without any people helping them or anything alone. And it's no big deal, right? People do that all the time. <laughs> After a comprehensive review of all the evidence and the relevant legal authority, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia has determined that yeah, we can't move forward with this misdemeanor charges of unlawful entry against the nine individuals who were arrested on June 16th at the Longworth Office building. The individuals sure entered the building on two separate occasions. They were invited by congressional staffers to enter the building in each instance, and they were never asked to leave by the staffers who invited them, though members of the group had been told at various points by the U.S. Capitol Police that they were supposed to have an escort. Uh, you know, who cares, right? You don't need an escort to walk around the Capitol building. The U.S. Capitol Police know that. <laughs> uh, and so the office would be required to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that these invited guests were guilty of the crime of unlawful entry because their escort chose to leave them unattended. It's no big deal. We're not going to be able to have convictions against the Colbert Nine. And so let's just go ahead and don't worry about that hearing on the 20th. And just we'll just call it quits. Okay? It's over. Don't worry about it. Thanks for coming to the U.S. Capitol and shooting your little funny bits for the Colbert Show. Okay? Okay. Good. We've got to get back to the January 6th trial. You know, where people were walking around the Capitol building. Unattended. <laughs> oh yeah those people yeah we can't have that not that all right let's go to the break room i need something cold to drink desperately Mm-mm-mm. so good So I see where Snapchat is uh, coming to the desktop. Yay! So Snapchat is expanding beyond the app for the first time ever. In the newly launched Snapchat for Web, you can snap pictures, send DMs, and video chat with friends on a desktop. Now, there are, you know, some some caveats. Uh, It's only going to be available to Snapchat Plus subscribers, and it won't work on the Safari browser. But as of May, Snapchat was the sixth most popular social media app in the U.S. right after TikTok. Pretty incredible. I mean, it's it's a big app. So it's coming to your desktop. You can go ahead and Snapchat your life away. Uh, right on your desktop instead of just with the app on your on your phone. Okay? Okay, good. So I was looking at a story about a TikToker who was making videos about her, you know, Amazon product, the acupressure mat that uh, goes down on the floor. And it's these small plastic spikes that uh, cover the fabric. And then you lay on it with your back. And then 
and she gets up and her skin's all bright red from the tiny marks from pressure of the spikes. But she smiles and says, hey, it's all good. Uh, my sore muscles feel like they're melting over spikes. <laughs> yeah, okay. So a lot of people are, you know, making fun of it and saying no way. But what they're talking about is, uh, you know, products that show up on the internet famous page of Amazon. And so that video has, you know, you know 800,000 views. And, uh, you know, the internet famous page is viral products. You know, I mean, from... It says here in this story, everything from acne patches to cordless drills and mini waffle makers. So I decided, you know what? Let's go to the Amazon's internet famous page. And they have, you know, explore all viral videos from women's fashion, men's fashion, home beauty, pics by Kate Bartlett. And then it goes on. Pics by Joe Flo, pics by Kenya Studies, Picks by Victoria Lynn, and it goes on and on and on as we uh, look at the internet famous page. But as you scroll down uh, on the home page, it has 452 results, and the first 12 are uh, the pink stuff. It's the miracle all-purpose cleaning paste. You have the Bissell little green multi-purpose portable carpet and upholstery cleaner. The hair catcher durable silicone hair stopper shower drain covers. <laughs> Actually, that might not be a bad thing to have. Um, the vegetable slicer, onion mincer, chopper, vegetable chopper, cutter, dicer, egg slicer, and container. Wow. That's why Muller, I'm surprised that's not a Ron Peel item. Gotta be. They gotta be paying him money. You got a uh, portable speaker, JBL portable speaker. Uh, dustable cordless vacuum cleaner, breakfast sandwich maker. What else do we have here? Oh, the original bagel guillotine. Now those are actually, that's probably not a bad little thing to have. If you, uh, you know, if you get whole bagels from the bagel shop. Uh, so there you have it. I was just, it's kind of, I didn't, I, I forget, uh, that this page is actually here, uh, at the old amazon.com website as I am a, uh, I am a customer of Amazon, of Amazon Prime. And uh, so I might have to go back and just take a look at the internet famous page. Because, man, it looks like, man, I'm going to look at products and go, yeah, you know, I could use that. I'm going to never buy it. So it's a shame. So we talked yesterday about Jennifer and Ben uh, getting married benefer back together again you know and remember back in 2002 when he was supposed to get married to jenny from the block singer i love those stories jenny from the block give me a break that was in 2002 i don't know that she was technically jenny from the block then but she's definitely not jenny from the block now she likes to pretend she is but she's not anyway this story talks about uh how they have their prenuptial agreements obviously i mean Jenny from the block is worth probably $500 million. And Ben is, you know, well off. He's probably worth, you know, $100, $150 million, something like that. Maybe, maybe, maybe $200 million, but I doubt it. I mean, that's still pretty good. A lot more than what I have. <laughs> no doubt about that. But, uh, you know, it's not what Jen has. And Jen has the capability of continuing to grow her wealth where Ben, hey, he's got to do a couple movies and, uh, you know, keep the, 
keep things going okay to keep it steady at about that 100 million mark right jen as she gets some ads on instagram ads on the email ads on the website pops out a new song uh does a couple of tv shows and she's good to go she's back into she's back in the money she's making she's paying the bills so according to this uh they have a prenuptial agreement their prenuptial agreement also includes uh that ben will uh you know they will engage in a minimum of four sexual relations i can't even say it a minimum of four sexual relations a week that are included in the cause and so i mean okay i don't know why that's such a big deal but it is now originally ben plus it also has a no cheating clause which is definitely going to get ben i told you that already that's going to happen ben's going to be coming out of a trailer with a hot babe and smoking a cigarette and a drink and jenny from the block ain't gonna be happy but uh, i digress i don't want that to happen i want them to stay together and be just as happy as they can be for the rest of their lives but originally uh when questioned about it um ben said no that's silly um you can't legislate behavior you've got to believe in the person and believe you can meet the challenges you face neither of us are stupid or naive it would be nice if you could have the rules but you just can't write it down so maybe it isn't in the prenup but maybe it is in the rules and look i mean if you got it if if you're jennifer lopez and i'm sorry jenny from the block and you are ready for business uh you're ready for business and you expect to be taken care of uh when you expect to be taken care of that's just the way it is she's jenny from the block so uh this is we're coming up on (laughs) we're coming up on the end of the week and we've got to get caught up all right we've got a quota to get to there ben so hop sing i'm taking care of a little jenny from the block business because you're only (laughs) you got to hit four and so whatever you got to do you better reach that mark my friend reach that mark because i'm jenny from the block and when it's you know you do me when i say it's time to do me and then again (laughs) i love that because it's probably true speaking of uh business on demand i see where ricky martin is uh, in trouble for having a sexual and romantic relationship with his nephew uh but he says that's all bullcrap uh i've never had any kind of sexual or romantic relationship with my nephew actually that was his attorney saying uh, he's never had a sexual or romantic relationship with his nephew uh the allegations of domestic abuse from the younger family member in puerto rico unfortunately the person who made this claim is struggling with deep mental health challenges claimed ricky's attorney uh ricky martin has of course never been and would never be involved in any kind of sexual or romantic relationship with his nephew the idea is not only untrue it is disgusting we all hope that this man gets the help he so urgently needs but most of all we look forward to this awful case being dismissed as soon as the judge gets to look at the facts huh okay i hope that's true 
because he's been confronted. He's got a temporary restraining order in the past couple of weeks, uh, which, you know, claims more violence and more fallout. And then he had the, apparently it was a seven month intimate affair with the 21 year old nephew. <laughs> okay. Uh, the hearing is supposed to take place on the 21st in Puerto Rico, which is a couple days away. Uh, today is the 19th. Uh, if you're listening live, so, you know, just uh, three days away, a couple days away, three, four, whatever, the 21st, you got it. Count it yourself, all right? 19, 20, 21. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, he's making some cash. Uh, you know, he just he just had to pay, or he's going to have to pay. He had another lawsuit uh, with his manager over unpaid commissions. Oh, Okay. Yeah, uh, her, the manager, and the team claimed that uh, they saved and supposedly his substance-abusing singer from potentially career-ending allegations in 2020, and they had other big court cases, and they saved him a bunch of money, so they want their unpaid commissions. Okay. I didn't realize about he's on an Apple TV Plus thing. Uh, an upcoming comedy series, Mrs. American Pie, which he stars with Carol Burnett. Uh, they are, uh, Apple TV Plus has been uh, radio silent, <laughs> I bet. And uh, he also had a successful application for a TRO against CAA Rep. Martin, uh, was approved by the Puerto Rican judge. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to head to Puerto Rico and get this domestic abuse uh, taken care of in court, even though uh, they still claim that these uh, abuse allegations and sexual in nature allegations are completely false and fabricated. All right, Ricky, that's what your lawyer says. You know what? I believe you for now. I see where Delta has agreed to buy 100 Boeing 737 MAX 10 planes in its first major order from Boeing in more than 10 years. Well, congratulations to Delta. Congratulations to Boeing. How about you get some pilots? Huh? How about you get some uh, sky waitresses? And let's not get these airports all backed up and have delays. How about that? Okay, just a thought. And a congratulations to Lieutenant Amanda Lee. Lieutenant Amanda Lee will become the first woman to fly as part of the Navy's Blue Angels aerial demonstration team. And while that, I guess, is a big deal, I mean, good? What does it really, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad. It doesn't matter to me who flies the planes. Uh, I love what they do. They're awesome. I've met them before. I've had an opportunity to fly in them, although they said I wasn't allowed because there's no fat guy seating. But uh, yeah, no, no, sorry, no. <laughs> uh, we, we made the offer, but uh, now that we're seeing you, no, that can't happen. But I love those guys. So now it's I love those pilots, not just those guys. How dare I talk like that? But congratulations to Lieutenant. Amanda Lee. 
Uh, I know we have all kinds of uh, all kinds of issues with travel these days, and people are getting back on the cruise lines. Are they? Yeah, they are. Okay, but uh, apparently there's a grassroots campaign group in Norway called Cruise Not Welcome. C R U I S E not welcome and they've put posters all around uh, oslo and bergen and stavanger and trondheim and flam <laughs> i love trondheim that is gorgeous this time of year man you can't pull me away from trondheim you just can't so these anti-cruise posters warn off passengers arriving in the Norwegian po- ports. Now, if I'm a business owner in these Norwegian ports, that's tough for me to say no to that. That's a lot of business. Uh, I know the whole COVID thing. I got it and diseases and I don't necessarily want to be uh, get any of the cruise ship goo on me. But they provide a lot of money, <laughs> a lot of money to these cities. So you see the posters. uh you know, and the, they're, these people are pissed. Uh, Crew's not welcome. It wants to draw attention to the detrimental environmental impacts of the cruise industry from carbon and other emissions to the dumping of gray water and rubbish overboard. The industry is doomed because the whole concept of moving a floating town from port to port can never be CO2 efficient no matter what fuel they use. Crews not welcome also alleges there are poor working conditions on board ships, a failure by cruise companies to pay sufficient taxes, and complains of detrimental effect that cruise passengers have on the places they visit, given they add little to the local economy while causing congestion. I find that hard to believe, although maybe they don't uh, spend as much as you hoped, and since they're eating on the ship, maybe they don't eat at the restaurants when they're off. Uh, you know, I guess maybe you could make the case for that. Cruise ships are a particularly big problem in Bergen, Stavanger, Kristiansand, and Flam. <laughs> like, what about my city? It's not a big problem in uh, Trondheim? Guess not. So they have research papers that uh, recommended global legislation to limit the negative impacts of the cruise industry on the world's oceans and human health. Research, their research, suggests that a large cruise ship can have a carbon footprint greater than 12,000 cars. Oh, okay. Cruise tourism was rapidly expanding pre-COVID-19. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and so uh, major impacts on environment and on human health and well-being. We need a much better monitoring uh, of these people and these cruises to generate more robust data for the true picture of these impacts, says Professor Laura Fleming, author of the review. Uh, The industry, the cruise industry, those bastards, likely to continue causing these serious health and environmental hazards. They're projected to be 2,950 port calls by cruise ships in Norway this year, according to data released by uh, Cruise Norway, which is owned by Norwegian cruise ports, uh, destination companies, attractions, and suppliers to the incoming cruise industry. That's a rise of nearly 700 port calls since 2019. Yeah, they're trying to make up for what they lost over the pandemic. And, you know, plus they've got to make up. They had cruise events that have been postponed. They've got to make up for. No kidding. So uh, they want to be sure, though, 
that there are a couple different groups out there uh, that are hanging signs and cruise not welcome is calling on the Norwegian government to ban cruise ships and push for an international law. Now, there's also clear that crews not welcome are also not responsible for the posters seen around Oslo and Bergen that read crude cruise tourist question mark. Please f- off. <laughs> so just be clear that hashtag cruise not welcome c-r-u-i-s-e-n-o-t-w-e-l-c-o-m-e is not responsible for those posters that tell people well they ask a question cruise tourist question mark please f*** off i mean the cruise not welcome people the hashtag cruise not welcome people here uh you paid for your trip to a company that does not pay taxes to norway air or at all and the workers are exempt from all relevant labor laws please go back to your boat and tell all on board that you are parasites you are not welcome in norway (laughs) another reads cruise just don't before outlining some statistics relating to emissions from the cruise ships to other issues with the industry so they do not want uh cruises in norway i don't know how norway feels about that i feel like uh, norway wants the tourism uh to their country and uh, the cruise line international association the clia and who doesn't love the clia uh has uh you know they have worked closely with communities and local governments and ports and destinations around the world to deliver sustainable tourism have you cruise tourism brings joy to millions of passengers and enormous social and economic benefits to communities particularly in coastal and often remote regions does it our ships are greener and more efficient than ever before as the industry leads the way in the development of new environmental technologies, cruise lines have committed to a vision of net zero carbon cruising by 2050 and investing in the ability to plug into shoreside electricity is another step forward to achieving this ambition. Where does the shoreside electricity come from? The magic fluffy box in the wall? It's just amazing to me. I mean, I, look, I'm all, if you like cruising, cruising on a cruise ship, you go, I'm all for it. I am not a big fan, although I've never been on a big major cruise like that. Uh, we used to go out on the gambling boats, you know, the bigger gambling boats where you'd go out and you'd do your stuff on the way out till you get to international waters and then everybody would gamble. And then you just wander around and wait to get paid when you get back. It was a good gig. People would puke a coat, Code green, level three, code green, level three. People would turn green and puke. and Oh, man. Because they'd feed you on the way out. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet. You'd do your bit of the radio station. I'd be there as a representative of the show or the radio station. You'd tell a couple of jokes. How you doing? Uh, how you doing? Good to see you. Have fun. Spend a lot of money. Uh, make a little bit of money. Slide me some of that money, too. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Go have a good time. And then you're done. And then you're just sitting there drinking sodas or, you know, if you drank, you drink booze and, uh, you know, you're smoking cigarettes and, uh, waiting, uh, waiting for you to get back into port and collect your money. They paid you cash right there at the end of the night. It was a good gig. 
uh, as a radio personality, that's good money because it's just deep pocketed money for nothing for a few hours on a boat. But it's no fun because then when you walk, when you're outside for a while, you come back in and it smells like puke. Oh, it's just just bad but that's not the big cruise lines okay so i've never been on those big cruise lines and if you like it you know that's great good for you good for you happy for you but i don't know that i could i don't know that i could do it i just don't know that i could do it it looks fun one part of me says well that could be fun and the other part of me i look at these monstrous ships just these monstrous ships And in today's world, if you pull into port and then test positive for COVID, you're either going to be locked down on the ship, which would be the best thing because then you could go. If you test positive to get back on the ship and you test positive, they're not going to let you back on the ship. So you're stuck at whatever port you're at, say the beautiful port of Trafalgar in Norway and you're stuck there. How are you getting home? They're not paying for it. That's all on you. Good luck. God bless. Take care. We're we're pulling out. Take care. <laughs> uh, you might be hanging uh, anti-cruise posters up with the rest of them. Just to make a little bit of extra cash to get the hell out of there. So, who died today? Who died today? A visual artist, Klaus Oldenburg. One of the most, I mean, this guy's a pop art icon. He died at the age of 93. He doesn't say what the cause of death was, but he was 93. You know, the, you know, like uh, the largest the rubber stamp, the hamburger, the saw coming out of the ground, uh, the toothpaste, lipstick, all that stuff that are, you know, all over the world uh, in different parts of the country. That was him. That was awesome. He and his wife made all those big pieces of art and he's had shows, you know, at galleries all around the world. It was fascinating, but, uh, that was his artwork and really incredible. And I mean, the guy was, you know, an an artist, a genius artist. And, uh, so he's rest in peace. Kalas, C-L-A-E-S, Oldenburg, uh, dead at the age of 93, going down a few years at 77, Mickey Rooney Jr., the original Mouseketeer and first child of you know, Mickey Rooney, uh, is dead at 77 years old. Wow. And he was, uh, you know, Hollywood royalty, right? He was hired to be a Disney Mouseketeer in 1955 because he was tall and talented. He could sing and dance and all he did was get in trouble. He was fired from the Mouseketeers because (laughs) conduct unbecoming of a mouse. (laughs) <laughs> Mickey Jr., according to many people, was, you know, damaged goods. Yeah, I mean, you're Mickey Rooney Jr. And, I mean, he had a pretty darn good life, but he, uh, you know, you still got to be Mickey Rooney Jr., which is, uh, that's kind of tough. I, I don't necessarily feel sorry for him, but I can understand the frustration of being Mickey Rooney Jr., uh, rest in peace, Mickey Jr. at the age of 77. And then Jack Knight, stand-up comedian, 
and uh, Bust Downstar dead at 28. This guy was a, I mean, this guy was so funny and he, and he wrote a lot of stuff and he was on his way to make a huge mark in Hollywood and, uh, and in comedy. And, um, he's now dead and they did not say what caused his death. He was 28 years of age. Could have been, you know, when you're 28, you're in comedy, you're writing stuff in Hollywood. It's probably a drug overdose, but you know, you anti-vaxxers out there could make your case if you want. Because <laughs> I'm sure he probably was. I don't know that. I'm just saying he was still working in Hollywood in today's world. That kind of means you probably are vaccinated. But what do I know? Uh, Jack Knight, uh, 28, rest in peace. Then I see a story uh, out of Tampa. The uh, NAA wrestlers, Brian Idol and Natalia Markova, were returning to Tampa. Uh, they were doing some uh, television tapings in Nashville. And when she got off the plane, they landed. She couldn't find her purse. And they didn't know at the moment that the purse was stolen and uh, you know, it would culminate into them chasing down a thief in Walmart. But uh, he did. And that's what happened. Uh, she didn't have her purse. When she returned to the gate, the plane was already boarding. So airline officials looked at the seat at the back of the plane and her purse was not there. And I've had stuff on the plane like that before too. Anyway, uh, this is a little bit different. And uh, they realized that uh, her AirPods were in the purse. So they could use Apple's Find My App to locate them. There you go. Now they weren't pinging instantly. Probably sometime in the next 10 minutes, they pinged about a half hour away. <laughs> so they hopped in an Uber uh, to where Idol's car was parked and eventually tracked the thief down at a Walmart in Pinellas Park, about 45 minutes away from the airport. Yeah, I mean, I lived real close to that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's my old neighborhood, actually, out there in Pennyless Park. Uh, it's just a joke. It's Pinellas Park. It's not Pennellas Park. So he walked into the Walmart. Her phone actually went off with a fraud alert, said somebody was trying to buy a $700 TV. Idol approached the thief, tried to talk to him, having recognized him from sitting in their row on the flight. He kind of put his hands on me, ran through me, and uh, then, of course, that since he stole his stuff, uh, he tackled him and uh, ran him down and tackled him and uh, held him, held him down, tell him, and uh, waited for the police to come. And uh, he wasn't, he didn't beat him up at all, just uh, chased him down, tackled him to the ground, and uh, called for, told Walmart to call the police. And so the people were all pissed at him, though, because this was such a great story. And he admitted to stealing the purse. Had six hundred dollars worth of cash in her credit cards. He returned the cash. Said the purse had been returned to American Airlines personnel at Tampa Airport, and so everything was fine. Except they decided not to press charges, and everybody was pissed at. Wow, I can't believe you guys wouldn't press charges. You tracked him down. He stole your stuff. You went all through that, and now you're not going to press charges. Boy, boy, do I understand that though, uh, because it just becomes more of a hassle, right? I mean, if they went through all that, you'd think that they would actually press charges. and But, you know, whatever, it's up to them. But I remember going through a, you know, a possible crime on a train uh, from New York to Trenton. 
New Jersey. Uh, when I was taking the corridor there, the north northeast corridor, and every day, you know, from Trenton to Penn Station, Penn Station back to Trenton. And, and I had, you know, they ask for your pass because you get a, you know, if you either have a ticket or a monthly pass or whatever to ride the train. And so I had my pass out and my wallet was sitting on my laptop and I was sitting in the seat and my, my laptop was open and my wallet was sitting on top of my laptop. Kind of my, you know, I, I knew better, but it was the train. I've ridden out a thousand times. Just got lackadaisical. I left my wallet sitting there as I was typing some stuff. And, you know, somebody walks by and snags my wallet as we're coming up to a stop in Newark, New Jersey. Now, the good thing is, is that the door that this punk and his friend were trying to run out of uh, Newark didn't open. So I caught up to him. I mean, I just stepped up, dropped my laptop, chased him down, grabbed the guy by the by the door, threw him down on the ground. His buddy, he was he ended up taking the wallet out of his pocket and threw it away as I held him down. And uh, you know, I, I grabbed, and then the, you know, the, all the the train people were standing up, and they brought in the conductor and held him down. And the conductor uh, said, you know, stop the train for a moment. And if I wanted to press charges, they were going to call the police and I was going to have to get off the train. And then the, so that the train, cause the train is full. It's afternoon. And I want to get home too. And I got these two punks that, uh, you know, tried to steal my wallet and run away with it. Uh, fortunately that door for the train did not open. Cause if that door for the train was open, they'd have been gone. There's no way I would have caught them. They'd been, you know, they'd been across the platform and I'm not chasing someone down in Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> that is not going to happen. I may not. I mean, I might not chase them down here, but I'm not chasing them out of a train car into Newark. But, uh, you know, so then I, you know, I'm like, okay, well, just kick them off the train. I don't want to press, you know, I'm not going to wait for the police. I got all these people waiting to get home just like me. Let's just get kick them off the train. I've got my wallet and let's get going. And so my laptop broke. I mean, there was a, you know, some keys broke off as it fell down as I went after these guys. And as I'm walking, we finally get to Trenton and I'm walking and nobody, everybody was just like, yeah, yeah, way to go. Good job. And uh, then it was just quiet because nobody wanted to mess around with and, uh, train king then. And, uh, as I'm walking through Trenton, you know, to the parking lot to get to the car, this guy comes up and goes, excuse me, excuse me, taps me on the shoulder. And he has the two keyboard keys the p and the o that broke off from my laptop he goes here i just i found these on the floor of the train they broke off when your laptop fell down i wanted to want to see maybe you could you know glue it back on or something just wanted to just wanted to give them back to you nice thank you appreciate it how about you clean this bad boy up and fix it for me too <laughs> but I can understand not wanting to press charges and go through all of that. You got everything back and you know, it's just, uh, she probably felt like it was kind of her fault for not paying attention when the guy deep pocketed her purse. So that, you know, we're happy we got it back and you know, let's just go home and forget about it and tell the story on a TV show. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye now. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.